and thank you for joining LTC NAC Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Post-Acute Care Nursing, APACN. I'm your host, Amy Stewart, Vice President of Education and Certification Strategy for APACN. I'm here today with Mark Cifarelli, a physical therapist and Director of Clinical Content Development for Legacy Healthcare Services, to discuss key considerations for developing fall prevention care plans. Welcome, Mark. Thank you. I'm uh, excited to be here. Let's dive right in. What is most important to consider when care planning for fall prevention? Well, that is obviously a very complex question because there are a number of factors that can go into causing falls. And if we care plan for them carefully, then obviously we can help reduce that. The typical ones that people will usually look at, things like weakness, balance, you know, those are always a consideration. Medications, when in dealing with nursing, obviously as a physical therapist, I'm not going to speak too much to that. What we try to focus on a lot of times is more the cognitive level and any confusion that might be going on. So when we look at helping to create care plans, we'll try to discuss cognition more than anything else because we can treat the weakness and the balance, but oftentimes, you know, send somebody for a screen and therapist comes back and says they're just the way they were. The reality is there must have been a reason for them to fall. And sometimes that really comes down more to their cognitive level. There are a number of factors that go into that, but some of the primary ones would be things like a processing delay. How long does it take them to really understand what it is you're trying to ask them to do? They may just sit there for a while, not really doing anything, and you're thinking they didn't hear you or they don't understand, so you repeat your question. And what that does is it actually delays it even further because now they're having to reprocess that whole thing. Of course, memory is a factor as well. Do they understand or remember what it is that you're trying to do or how to do it? Do they remember if they're not supposed to get up without help? You know, these are things that can be really significant. And then there's also considerations for things like planning and sequencing. You know, do they understand the sequence of events they should go through in order to be able to be successful, whatever task it is they're trying to do? Or do they almost kind of trip themselves up because they're trying to do things out of order and don't realize that because of their cognitive level? That's great information, Mark. Thank you. If nursing staff just care planned for a fall and that person falls again, out of those key considerations that you just mentioned, what should staff consider adding to the care plan? Well, that's a really good question, too. Obviously, things like memory and sequencing, those can be hard to care plan for. Possibly with sequencing, if somebody needs a one-step command versus a multi-step command and really trying to break things down, but that can be really specific by task. You know, if something's very familiar to somebody, they may be able to do it as a multi-step command. But if it's something that's sort of new and novel, then you would need to really kind of take them through that step by step. So possibly some information around that. Probably one of the biggest things that we've focused on a lot is the processing delay, because that can really interfere with a lot of how people need to be able to interact in their environment. 
one of the things that really needs to happen and actually can be concretely care planned for is the actual amount of time of the processing delay. So when approaching a resident, and this really would pertain to all the residents, you would ask them to do something that you know that they're capable of doing and well within their cognitive abilities to do so. so maybe something as simple as standing up and then actually time how long it takes them to complete that task or at least initiate it so that you know that now they're going to try to do it and how long did it take them to understand that command so if it's five seconds 15 seconds some people have some really significant processing delay especially when we start getting into our memory care units the research will say that it can take up to 90 seconds to follow a command it's quite a long period of time but even waiting for 15 seconds without saying anything without doing anything extra can really feel like a long time so just trying to judge it can be really hard and it really makes more sense to actually time it and so you time how long did it take them to for, you know and at least initiate that command and then that can be care planned for and then that can be applied by a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons it's bathing and dressing it's taking a medication it's standing and walking it's eating you know food to mouth all of those things that you may give them that one step command or even a multi-step command for will require a processing delay and so understanding that will help them to not be frustrated to be able to accomplish things more safely there are many times where we ask somebody to stand up and we really aren't waiting long enough and then we try to help them stand maybe pull them up they're not ready to participate you know those kinds of things and then of course that can lead to some confusion by the resident which can then lead to falls down the road because they're trying to do things possibly after you have asked them to do it earlier they're finally understanding or willing to participate in that and you're no longer there to help them and so that's when they may fall on their own they may get out of bed on their own or something of that nature and that can lead to falls so just understanding that processing delay can really help with improving people's quality of life because you're allowing them the time it takes for them to do the action more independently which gives more self-satisfaction that's great information and this would also be on the care plan letting staff know so staff can prepare and, and plan to give this person extra time for whatever processing delays they might have for not just things related to falls but all things like you mentioned adls as well is that correct yes absolutely this really kind of goes across the whole spectrum of care in a lot of ways just understanding that this person can maybe get themselves dressed but they may take twice as long as somebody else so then understanding that ahead of time means all right let me get these other people up and ready and then i can spend a little bit more time with this person so just even adjusting schedules to match that processing delay need can be really valuable information for people. Thank you for that information. One of the typical care plan interventions, especially centered around falls that I see often is to add 15 minute checks. But often this isn't successful. What are your thoughts on this? 
Uh, 15 minute checks are a pretty typical adjustment that can be made on a care plan and it's not necessarily an invalid use i mean it is something that can be very useful but i do think it needs to be applied and thought of really in the right way to go in and check on somebody who may just be sitting in their room or laying in their bed now go back to that significant processing delay maybe it's a 15 second processing delay and you step into the room and even if you don't say anything or ask them how they're doing, which, you know, we do that is just a common courtesy. Oh, how are you feeling now? You know, you're doing okay. You need anything, right? And they don't really respond and you go, okay. And, and you walk out. But at the end of that, as their processing delay, you know, is an issue, they may then 15 seconds later realize someone came into their room or somebody even said something they may try to get up and find out what that was. And that's when the fall can occur. So a lot of times my concern is that that 15 minute check could almost be a trigger for somebody to have a fall. So I'm not saying it's a wrong thing to do, but if it's done correctly, I think it can be successful. And just keeping things in mind, like the level of cognition and the processing delay, we may want to notice somebody without attracting their attention, you know, look in the room without stepping into the room or drawing their attention so that we're not causing that trigger. If we're going to go in and really check on them, we need to understand that processing delay again. Hopefully that's in the care plan. So we're aware of it so that we can be there long enough to see, are we triggering some kind of action by this individual? versus just checking on them and making sure that they're still safe or they don't need anything. So the 15 minute check, it's a good alternative to some other things, I suppose, when this is what you know we can offer because you know there's limited ability sometimes to do more than this, but we do need to be careful about how we're utilizing it just to make sure that we're not causing more of a problem than preventing a problem. I love what you've added about the processing delay. I have not really considered that, but if you have somebody who has a processing delay, 15 minutes, and then, you know, like you said, you pop in there and then they get up because 15 seconds or 30 seconds after you leave, it registers with them. So realistically, they should be assessing for a processing delay. Is that correct? Absolutely. I mean, I think that would be one of the primary things you'd want to know if somebody is a fall risk and maybe we'll be setting them up with a 15 minute check to make sure that they are safe. I think it would be critical to understand what is their processing delay so that you're not creating that situation so that you know that you either need to just view them from afar to actually check on them, but without triggering them or know how much time you need to spend with them to make sure that it's not going to be an issue the moment you leave the room. So yes, I mean, I think understanding that processing, it's a very simple thing. There's no special test for it. Like I mm -hmm. said, you just do something that's pretty simple and straightforward for the individual, ask them to do something, and then just use your watch and actually time how long it takes because it, it can be deceiving when you're just standing there doing nothing and waiting it can feel a lot longer than it really is. So really, truly understanding what that amount of time is can be really critical. That's really helpful information for our listeners. 
Is there anything else that you would like to share today? Well, one of the big things that you really also need to consider when it comes to things of cognition is that people are not static. You know, most of them will have some kind of neurodegenerative change that occurs over time. So while we talked a lot about processing delay, it might be a 10 second processing delay today, a month from now, six months from now, it could be 15 seconds, it could be 20 seconds. So that's gonna have to be reassessed on a regular basis. And again, it's a very, very quick thing to do, but updating that can be very, very helpful. The other thing that I would like to just touch on real quickly, since we are talking about falls here, is that a lot of these residents will fall because they want to go do something. They're looking for some kind of activity to get involved in or participate in something. We have to keep in mind that for all of us working in these facilities, we're busy all day long. That's our job. We're there and we're moving from one thing to another, and we'd love an opportunity to sit down and do nothing for a little while. But a lot of these residents are sitting and not really engaged in anything for extended periods of time. And so they go and they look for things to do. And that's where they can get in trouble when they don't have the ability to maybe stand on their own, maybe due to some muscle weakness, maybe a balance issue. And so it kind of goes along the lines with the processing delay, but it's more of how long can this person sit doing nothing and stay in that situation until they feel like they need to do something. We talk a lot about weight shifting and you know getting people up so that they don't create sores and things like that, but it's also keeping the mind active. So one of the things that we do like to talk about a lot of times is the idea of engagement. What can we do to engage them in something that kind of, in essence, satisfies that need to participate in something it could be very short-lived. Maybe it's a five-minute activity, not just a matter of, you know, maybe taking them into a common room where somebody's playing music, although for some people that's exactly what they need. It's just a matter of understanding that individual, understanding, in essence, their limits and their tolerances so that you know, oh, you know what? We've done two 15-minute checks on this person. It's time to give them at least something to engage them for a few minutes so that then they can go back to resting comfortably and not feel that urge to get up on their own. So I guess a lot of what I'm talking about revolves around time. It's a processing delay and or it's a matter of how long can that person be inactive before they feel like they need to do something. I think understanding those two things help reduce the risk for falls significantly. Thank you for that information, Mark. I love the insight that you've given our listeners into the processing delay and then also this inactivity and learning about how long somebody can sit without activity. So thank you for joining me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm, I'm happy to share any of the information that I can. Um, it's really for the benefit of our residents. We're all here to serve them. So anything Absol I can do to help. Absolutely. Thank you. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. For more resources and tools for nurse assessment coordinators, please visit our website at www.aapacn.org. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the LTC NAC Chat podcast. Heard the news about how you can improve quality care and increase efficiency with Ability? Ability offers a range of applications to simplify the complexity of healthcare 
allowing organizations of all types and sizes to spend more time on care and less time manually collecting, analyzing, and reporting data. This allows you to remain in compliance while making data-driven decisions that benefit residents. With Ability, your facility can improve resident outcomes, optimize reporting data, enhance reimbursements, and much, much more. Discover what Ability has to offer at abilitynetwork.com slash a pack-in.